Hello and welcome at Logistics Conversations, the podcast of the Cluster for Logistics Luxembourg. Through this podcast, you will discover the international world of our sector. Even better, you will hear passionate people and their exciting small and important stories. Logistics is essential in Luxembourg and we want you to have a look behind the scene. Good morning, Luc. We are very happy to have you as the CEO of B Medical here today in the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, thank you for having accepted our invitation to participate in this podcast in January 2021. Good morning, Malik, and thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. I can imagine that you have very busy times as Vexai distribution has started across the EU and many other countries where you are active. I must say we are really, really proud to have B Medical from Hosingen in the north of the country where there is often snow uh, and th that you play a very strong role to secure vaccinations, vaccination programs and to help saving lives and fighting the COVID epidemic in particular. So um, today let's talk a little bit about this. It's a pleasure that uh, in one of the first podcasts we can talk about the learnings you have from the last nine to 12 months of COVID, uh, which probably have added a lot of stress in your manufacturing side. Um, would you like to say that the cluster for logistics has put emphasis on the cool chain since 2015. That was a time when we had a conference about air freight and healthcare center at the Findel Airport, which was inaugurated now about uh, seven years ago, uh, and it was GDP certified in 2014. So uh, with the restriction, obviously, uh, we have um, decided to ha keep our distances here. And uh, let's talk uh, a little bit now about uh, B-Medical, because I think you started more than 20 years ago in Hosingen? Yes, that's correct. So I joined the company uh, about 21 years ago and uh, B-Medical is, as you said, a European and more a Luxembourg company, which has been active uh, since the last four decades in the vaccine cold chain around the world, uh, covering more than 130 countries uh, every year around the world. So um, you made it to the top job. But I think uh, when we visited you, you mentioned that, uh, I mean, that is quite a road uh, because uh, your company was, was uh, belonging to a larger conglomerate. Uh, can we talk about that? Electro yes, absolutely. So uh, in the beginning, our company was actually the medical division of Electrolux Group. Electrolux Group was a household manufacturing company, so 115,000 employees, uh, 55 million products sold every year. Uh, but medical was not its core business, and actually, uh, B Medical or uh, Electrolux Medical Division uh, in those days was actually a non-core activity for the the group, and therefore uh, it was always, I would say, uh, difficult times because we had a lot of ambitions, a lot of ideas, a lot of uh, good ideas that we want to, to realize, but due to the fact that it was not core business, it was limited in those days. So when did it become core business? So it became actually core business in 2015. Uh, so we, as a management, uh, we did five attempts uh, for management buyout and 2015 was finally the uh, year when it succeeded. And in before 2015, we had actually four activities in the company. We were working for the automotive industry. We were working for the food and beverage industry, for the military uh, industry, and for the medical industry. And as of 2015, when we became independent, there we focused only on medical refrigeration and only on the medical activity. And that really was a boost to the company because 
uh, all the efforts that we had to spread over four uh, different activities could now all be concentrated on one single activity. And that has really allowed us to uh, make big, uh, giant leaps in the right direction in terms of innovation, in terms of new products, and in terms of our presence on the market. For the people who don't know B-Medical, how many people do you have? Um so today we have approximately 240 uh, people working in Luxembourg. But to this we have added approximately 70 uh, part-time workers because we can just not follow. We have uh, increased our activity uh, to three shifts and uh, per day. And as of next week we will even start working on the weekends. Because even with the three shifts it's not enough to deliver all that is being requested in this COVID crisis. Sounds uh, like a success story and a lot of stress. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a success story and a lot yeah. of stress. And also it has opened also a lot of uh, new doors, I would say, because we've been active in this uh, vaccine cold chain for the last four decades. But uh, it's actually almost working behind the scenes because uh, in Europe, uh, the populations are not affected. Uh, when children are born, they have the traditional vaccine program and then they are protected against the, the, the main diseases. But uh, COVID has uh, brought a complete different light to our activity. And uh, now that the worldwide population is affected by a disease like COVID, it really puts the importance of our activity really in front line. And, and that's where we are very uh, proud to be active in this uh, activity uh, behind the scenes since 40 years and now on the front uh, of the scene uh, since uh, the beginning of COVID in March last year. Before we go more into the COVID subject in detail, a general question. I am a Rotarian, so I know that since 1988 we are fighting polio. It's a big task from the Rotarian International, uh, and probably um, polio is one of has been one of your uh, major um, products uh, to, to protect in the past. Absolutely. Actually, polio was one of the main diseases on which the international programs are working. And the uh, highest affected country around the world is Nigeria. And uh, I'm proud to say that 100% of the vaccine cold chain in Nigeria is of our brand. So we are being really very critical in the fight against polio around the world. And for me, it, it's a great pride to, to see the, the contribution that this Luxembourg company is making to fight polio because I very often travel to uh, Africa uh, in my business and in my activity. And uh, very often you see children walking on their knees and on their elbows because they have been affected by polio. And what very often people do not know is that many of these children have been vaccinated by a polio vaccine, but because of the cold chain, which was not respected at some point of time, all the efforts that you have made to, to, bring the, to produce the vaccine, to bring it to the country, and then to distribute it in very difficult regions within the population, if there is a weak link anywhere in that cold chain, all the efforts have been lost, and the consequences are very devastating for children and for the population. Yeah, it's an excellent point because particularly um, polio is something which hits children below five five years. Uh, we later come to the questions why you should get vaccinated here. If you if you actually get polio, there is no cure. So uh, it's better to have the vaccine. And I think um, it's something where we usually are not even asked because it's so, it's really getting so, so normal to get the, the polio. I'd like to know... Uh, the, this use of minus 80 degrees by Biotech and Pfizer, uh, were you aware about that? How, how early did you see this coming? 
So actually, we, we follow it very closely. And since the beginning, uh, we were very early stage aware that minus 80 would be required. And for us, actually, that was, uh, I would say, a positive sign. A positive sign, why? Because uh, minus 80 temperatures is not easy to make. And that would mean that only professional companies could address that market. Because like with the uh, facial masks, we have seen many counterfeit products, many products which do not comply to the minimum uh, uh, certifications. Well, with a minus 80 freezer, that is almost impossible to do. If you want to produce minus 80 environment in a refrigerator, I mean in a freezer, in that case, you need to have really professional equipment. And it's not the first time that uh, minus 80 has been required. Also for Ebola uh, vaccine in uh, DRC, that's typically what was needed minus 80 degrees so it's not i would say a new coming technology or a new situation it's just the magnitude of the situation with covid which has changed the the uh, scenario and so for us i would say it was lucky that the minus 80 was required in the beginning because it really showed that you needed professional companies and professional solutions to solve the problem or at least help to solve the problem Minus 80 degrees Celsius, uh, which usually is the temperature where carbon dioxide, dry ice, is used. I think that's where it comes from. Do you think that this will go away? Because, I mean, today we believe that COVID will be an endemic epidemic, uh, which will not easily fade away. Do you think the minus 80 will go away when people have more experience of keeping the product, uh, let's say, at minus 20 during a certain time and have done transport lane analysis? No, I, I do not believe that minus 80 will go away. And I, to the contrary, I think it will become even more popular because the technology of mRNA uh, for the vaccines is a relatively new technology, but has been used already for quite some years in uh, oncology uh, to fight cancers. And so the fact that a lot of money has been invested now in a vaccine based on this technology, I believe it has opened again new doors for new vaccines and, and for new solutions to uh, existing problems. And so I do not believe that the, the minus 80 environment will be uh, reducing in the future. To the contrary, I think it will increase. What we do see also today is that the minus 80 is now today being provided on very centralized locations, meaning that the countries to reduce the risk and to reduce the investment, they have uh, large-scale vaccination uh, positions where they have equipped with minus 80 freezers. And in the future, most likely this minus 80 will be needed at a much larger scale because typically once the crisis will be over, it will be the hospitals and the clinics that will intervene to bring the, the vaccines to populations. And then you will need smaller units of minus 80, but many more in quantity. Okay. So, so you're building up your company for long, healthy growth. Uh, when we met last time in December, it must be, I think you're, you were so loud in the US, for example, huh? Correct. So actually in the US we had uh, we have uh, a depot which has our equipment and an, uh, our own sales team there. And uh, when it was known that the Pfizer vaccine would be the first one to come to market after phase three clinical trying, the request for uh, minus 80 freezers was immediate. Within a few hours, our entire stock was sold to the city of Philadelphia. Okay, one city even. <laughs> okay, lucky those guys. Uh, so um, I was very much impressed when visited you because when we talk about logistics, one of the subjects which often comes up is what we call track and trace, is where is my good? When it is arriving, do I have to call somebody always to know? Now, you, you seem to know everything about your products wherever they are in the world. Can you explain that a little bit? 
Yeah, so actually, the uh, I would say the strength of B Medical Systems is that we always try to bring solutions to the market which are very useful to the end result, which are really contributing to the end result, which is the good immunization of a population. And one of the challenges that uh, is existing is to monitor the cold chain. Many products today are out there and are not monitored. So when a refrigerator has, uh, for example, the polio vaccine that you were talking about, polio may not freeze when a vaccine has been frozen at some point of time, it is lost. It has lost its potency, but because the liquid is transparent and does not change color or aspect, you cannot know if the vaccine is potent or not potent. So the only way to secure this is through traceability. And so what we have done is we have developed a track and tracing uh, system in real time, where from a central office at the Ministry of Health, you can have a surveillance over the entire install base in a country. And that has been extremely, extremely helpful because from a centralized position, you can immediately know which vaccines in which refrigerator have been affected and should not be used at the risk of the population. And actually, uh, resistance to change is, I would say, a natural human behavior. And uh, it also exists within organizations. Many organizations resist to change and sometimes even legislations are delayed versus technology. And when we developed this technology, the WHO certification did not exist. The requirement from organizations like UNICEF did not exist. And what we decided is to put our uh, traceability system on our products standard without increasing the price because the benefit was so important for the populations that we decided not to sell this feature, but to uh, offer it free of charge on every single unit that has been deployed in the world since 2013. You must have really good engineers because I, I, I told I was told that you give a very long guarantee. My my German car get comes with two years guarantee, and your products come with ten years guarantee. And uh, actually, that's also one of the again the uh, specificities of B Medical. What we want to do is we want to make the populations happy with the products that they buy. And very often these projects are based on donations, be it from the World Bank, be it from the European Union. And these donations are then being used to buy products. But after those projects have been bought, then there is no more money for the operational costs. And so what we have done is we have made our products so robust that we can offer the 10 years warranty, but also the 10 years communication because the communication, the traceability in real time has a pretty high cost, but we integrate it from the beginning and we have a global contract with a telecom provider where we prepay 10 years of communication. So our products, when they arrive at the Ministry of Health, they have zero operational cost during 10 years, which for us is very important because it's the only guarantee to make sure that the vaccines arrive safely to the population. You must have a lot of visits of uh, ministers of health then in this case. <laughs> Indeed we do. <laughs> um, maybe coming back to the logistics uh, subjects. Um, uh, I think you, you told us that um, UNICEF and such bodies, probably you are happy that we have, uh, that there is a new uh, president in the US, which will probably strengthen UN associations. Can you say that? Yes, indeed. I, I think uh, US has been very critical in terms of uh, support to these organizations and very often they are even based in the US. Uh, but I believe that uh, the European Union also has a very important role to play and even more so today. I think the EU uh, could, I would say, inspire themselves of the US model because the US has, uh, I would say, more or less taken control of the entire cold chain worldwide 
with a very or a relatively small budget. And I think the European Union could play a much more important role because actually today the two main actors on the uh, worldwide call chain are of European uh, origin. It's B-Medical in uh, Luxembourg and Westfrost in Denmark. So uh, it's, I believe, something, a message that I would like to transmit here is that the EU really should focus on this going forward for the long term. Sounds good. Sounds like a, a Luxembourg-Danish coalition then to move ahead. Um, your products, how are they shipped? Uh, do you use a uh, road combined with sea or, or do you have to use air freight now? Well, actually, we, we have always used all sorts of uh, logistical means that were available to us. And it always depends on the urgency of the need of the products to arrive to the country. For example, we are in uh, discussions with many governments who are delaying, postponing the decision of which equipment to buy because they don't know yet today, even today, which vaccine will be uh, available at what time. Uh, meaning that they could be facing a Pfizer vaccine at minus 80, a Moderna vaccine at minus 20, or any other traditional vaccine at plus four. And that is also uh, for us then the only way to supply rapidly the, the, the different countries sometimes is air freight. If uh, it has been well planned in advance, then uh, sea freight uh, is typically the transportation means that we use. And of course, within Europe, road transport. Good. Um, maybe, maybe you can help us to uh, persuade some people who are uh, about uh, whether they should get vaccinated or not, because probably you have people working on standards and you know documenting what has happened and why we should trust the vaccines over the last Uh, how, how, how are those quality programs from WHO, UNICEF and so on? I think it starts even before that. I think the manufacturers of vaccines have all interest to make sure that their vaccines are not only solving the problem of the disease, but also that they are safe. But every single medicine also has side effects. And I think what is really important to understand is that the benefit of vaccines is so much, so much higher than the small risk of an uh, adverse reaction that I myself, uh, as soon as I will have the opportunity to be vaccinated against COVID, I will do so. That was, I have my, also that was my next question. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so also to my family. I, I recommend highly my family to be vaccinated because uh, today it is the most powerful mean to protect yourself and to protect your family members against this disease, which has already shown and proven to be very devastating amongst the population. Mm. Uh, before we touch about uh, your international business, maybe something more personal, what do you think is your best decisions in your career? To be honest, my best decision in my career was to join this company because uh, my job really has become my passion. And uh, if on top of that, uh, your passion allows to save lives, what more could you ask from life? Yeah, indeed, indeed. And I know you are continuing to hire good people uh, to continue to grow there. Uh, Practically, uh, how must I imagine um, the, the volume question? I realized when I saw your um, your first uh, fridges, uh, you know, how, how many vaccines go into uh, such a fridge? Well, typically, I would say on minus 80 freezers, the standard model that you will encounter most around the world, uh, but mainly today in research, 
is the 700 liter. And the 700 liter uh, ultra low freezer minus 80 can hold up to 300,000 doses of vaccines. So this means that if you have a very centralized system, with a few ultra-low freezers, you can store a lot of vaccines, especially today, seeing the uh, rotation that you have of the vaccines, because as soon as they arrive, they are distributed within the population, and then the new arrival can be set into that uh, freezer. So the vaccine storage is very big, but it also depends on the primary packaging from the manufacturer. Typically, Pfizer has a packaging which is not traditional or not standard. It looks more or less like a pizza box, I could say. And because of that dimensions of that primary box, uh, it is limited to 300,000 doses of vaccines per uh, ultra-low freezer. So, if, so 150,000 people can be uh, vaccinated exactly. with one, well, actually, one fridge. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, even more, I would say even the 300,000, because the, the second dose has to come X days after the first dose. So you have, with uh, one freezer, immediate capacity to vaccinate 300,000 uh, individuals. But your products are not only to store it at the end destination, but also for transport. Huh? Yes, and, and very often that is the link which is forgotten today. Uh, very often people talk about the uh, centralized uh, storage uh, locations. But what is the most challenging is actually further down the line when you will want to go deeper into the population. Today, one of the challenges that uh, many vaccination programs have is that they are uh, sealing uh, at a certain level. So 70%, 75% of the population that are being vaccinated. And it is very difficult to go beyond. And here in the COVID response, we will have to go beyond to have a, a global protection of the population. And it's then again, it's the decentralized logistics which become very important and that is again where we are specialized and that's also why we will be launching at the end of February our new ultra low of small capacity because that will allow to distribute the vaccine much further down into the population and really reach everybody without leaving anybody behind. That sounds good. So it sounds we will see more pictures of blue products being shipped on the boat uh, on any river in Africa, for example. Absolutely. I hope that uh, from the sky, the, the countries will look blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blue actually is, uh, is not the best uh, color when you're exposed to sun, but probably uh, blue has uh, manufacturing uh, reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the first uh, products that we had 40 years ago were cream color. But uh, due to the fact that these products really go into the jungle, into the desert, in very remote areas where uh, hygiene and, and cleanliness is not known, uh, blue seemed to be a much better color to, to work with. Okay. Uh, the cluster for logistics is supporting, obviously, industry like yourself in the development of supply chain competence. Uh, uh, how do you see uh, the possibilities in the East now to grow? Because probably you are growing uh, in, in Luxembourg. Well, Luxembourg uh, has a big advantage. Luxembourg is known as, a, I would say, a uh, well-organized, neutral country, which comes across quite well internationally. And I must say, uh, internationally, we always have a lot of support from the ambassadors and uh, also from the Luxembourg government. Here in the COVID crisis, very quickly we have come to the uh, end of our production capacity expansion. And the only way to expand even further beyond what we are doing today was with the support of the Luxembourg government, which uh, has allowed us now to duplicate our manufacturing. So we are uh, currently uh, building new production halls next to our existing halls to double the manufacturing and we our new 
uh, assembly lines will be operational as of end of June. Same goes with actually the uh, second factory that we are setting up in India, because after the virtual summit between uh, Prime Minister Battle and uh, Prime Minister Moody in November, just a few weeks later, we, an entire team, including myself, went to India to start setting up a factory and an assembly plant in India to be able to also supply those markets. So rapid expansion is necessary. And Luxembourg is really a good place to be because we are getting a lot of support from the Luxembourg government to achieve these goals. Oh, I think the Luxembourgers will be happy to hear that, and particularly also the representatives of the government, that uh, you make it happen, if I may say so. Um, if you had uh, a magic wand, uh, is there anything else you would like to change uh, or to wish um, to, to, to be more efficient in saving lives? I think today there is a lot of uh, technology and availability of good quality products which are certified according to international standards. But still many countries around the world are lagging behind with their national uh, obligations in terms of standards. And I believe that if the national legislation would comply to international standards, it would help to save a lot more lives around the world. Okay, so that's a challenge which we can take up. Before I come to the last question, um, uh, something more more personally, how do you cope with this success? Uh, how do you organize? Uh, you know that when we have people who talk here about logistics, we assume that they are very organized at work, but then how is it in your private life? Well, I think private life, there's not too much left of private life, to be honest. But uh, the efforts that are being made now, I know, will help us grow in the long term. And so uh, it is, yes, also a private uh, sacrifice that we need to make to, to make that extra effort today for the better future tomorrow. And so I think a lot of people do know the uh, importance of their work including myself, and, and that I must also say that the, the interesting fact about our company is that the people who work for us and who work for the, the company have shown to be very dedicated and very flexible, and I really would like to thank everybody who has provided the support to the company and to our end result. Uh, give our greetings to your employees and I wish that you will be very early in the process of getting vaccinated because probably some of your guys will have to travel the world. I'm very impressed that you've been able to make a growth project in a virtual meeting. That is very impressive and thank you very much, uh, Luc, for having joined us today uh, in this podcast of the Cluster for Logistics. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to Logistics Conversation. You can find our podcast and interview on SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course our webpage www.c4l.lu. Thank you.